PG on the map for Wales. He's flirted with the wrestler Adrian Street, and he'll make a song about anything. From Wirral, Merseyside, UK, meet and greet Don Woods. So, a very good day, everybody. It is the 3rd of January. 2022 it sounds weird to be saying it like that it's almost like you know what happened to 2021 Ugh. glad to get rid of it uh, the weather here today is uh, a little bit cold not really cold it's uh, sort of maybe about 16 at the moment which for me is a bit colder than obviously the 23s and 24s we had last week anyway i'm gonna get in across to um uk and Wirral merseyside don very good day to you how are you and what's your weather like uh fine yeah, it's, it's been okay. The thing is here, we, we have warm weather. It's been warm. The warmest um, New Year's Eve on record, by all accounts. So what happens here, you get a bit of a warm spell, and it takes people a while, a couple of days, to actually take their big coats off because they don't realise it's gone warmer, and, and vice versa. So it's gone really cold now, really cold, and you'll find... People will be wandering around in T-shirts and shorts for a couple of days till they realise that it's gone cold. It, it, it is funny, you know. It, 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 I mean, it, it's absolutely right. People, you can go out in any weather. I played golf last week. It was freezing cold, really cold, blowing a gale. I had three coats on, uh, which didn't help my swing. Um, I had a hood on, and there's a fella playing, going round, Shorts and T-shirts. <laughs> Honestly, I, I said to me, mate, look, I'm all looking. He's playing away. You know. <laughs> I don't know. So there you go. Anyway, Vince, first off, Happy New Year. You know, I thought I might have to call you Servants, but I noticed you never made the Queen's Honours list. So it's plain old Vince now. So you can't join the Knights of the Realm like Sir Cliff, Sir Ringo, Sir Van Morrison or Sir Tony Blair, would you believe? <laughs> or, more, more hard to believe, Sir Ashley Banjo, the dancer. Maybe next year, Vince, I would suggest you latch on to an act which will definitely end up being knighted, and it will be Ant, Deck and Vince. Well, that sounds... Sir Ant, Sir, Ant, Sir Deck and Sir Vince. You latch on to those two, mate, because they're next. I've never known anything so stupid as knighthood. It's A knight, by definition, is a soldier. That's what he is. He's on a horseback and he's got a lance and armour. That's a knight of the realm. It's not Sir Cliff or Sir Elton. I mean, they'd be a big help, wouldn't they, if the Vikings attacked us again? You know, get out there, Sir, 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 Sir Tony, Sir Tony Blair. You go out there and protect us with your lands. It's pathetic. Call them something else. You know, how can you, how can you have a knight of the realm? You don't have to call them Sir. Not that I'd call anybody Sir anyway. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call Charles Sir. But it's, you know, I, I just don't get it. it, it it's given to anybody. You know, this a knighthood. It's meaningless. It's meaningless now, really. Yeah. You know, some of them deserve it, but you've got people out there saving lives. You've got the police te protecting everybody, you know, and taking a load of stickery. You've got soldiers going, oh, no, no, it's uh, Sir Elton. He plays the piano and sings. So there you go. That's my opinion on it, mate. It's a joke. Well, really. I've got to say, uh, January the 1st, New Year's Day, I went in the pool. It was freezing cold, so I deserve a knighthood for doing that. It's almost, <laughs> it's almost like, um, really, the idea is, again, part and parcel of to take away a way of life. I mean, when we were growing up, if you had the Queen's Honours list, it was for something, as you say, something outstanding, outstanding bravery, uh, the sort of things that you would look up to people for. Um, I do think that one or two of our entertainers 
trainers and um, maybe sports people have been exemplary, but I don't think that really they're doing anything for the honours list, which I, I think is why they're doing this. Um, it, it's demeaning and, quite frankly, um, you know, I, for me, for example, I, I'm not even too sure who Ashley Banjo is. Who is this guy? He's a, he's a, a fella... He's got a dance group of, of blokes. There's, there's about, uh, must be seven or eight of them. And they do street dancing. They won the X Factor. I mean, he's a decent fella, you know, as I thought. And they, they go on the stage and they do all these back somersaults and things, you know, which is all right. Not my sort of scene. You know, unless you play an instrument, forget it, as far as I'm concerned, in show business. I haven't got time for anyone that doesn't play anything. You know, anyone can go on and sing. You know, that's my opinion. But, uh, yeah, so that, that's who he is, Ashley Banjo. I mean... He's only come up through the ranks. It's not as if he's got it for his um, his contribution to dance. Well, you know, they're getting paid, aren't they? It's like Elton John. He's making millions. It's his job. You know, what, what? It's not. That's the thing with it. It's not as if they're doing it for nothing. Yeah. You know, say, say Paul McCartney. You know, say whatever his name is. The other. You see, say Mick Jagger. You know, they're doing it for the money. (laughs) You know, oh, yes, their contribution to music. For goodness sake, give them awards by all means, but not a knighthood, you know, a knight of the realm. It's pathetic. Well, I I think... I think the fact that you sound so annoyed and confused and sort of out of sorts about it, I think that's exactly the, the whole point. I think, I mean, for example, if you were going to say anybody that deserved anything for dancing, you'd probably think immediately of somebody like Lou Goodman, is it? Lou, the, the, the guy, the older guy who's on the uh, judging panel for Strictly Come Dancing, you know. Oh, that- Len Goodman, yeah. Len Goodman, yeah. Yeah. Well, as I say, you know, it, it doesn't matter. You know, to me, it's a joke. I wouldn't call anybody sir. Uh, you know, I would never call anybody. The last bloke I called sir was one of the teachers in school. You know, which was sir, please don't hit me with that cane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, funny, funny you should say... It's funny you say this because I got myself into trouble when I was in my early teens uh, because exactly for that reason, I told uh, a particular employer, I said, I wouldn't call anybody sir if I don't call my own father sir. So, um, you know, obviously I didn't stay in the job, um, but th- there is something about calling somebody sir because if you look at our, um, if you look at the way the establishment works, works you look up to people now that really infers that they might be on horseback or something because they can look down on you so you see it's already in the language looking up and looking down whereas i've always tried to work with the japanese philosophy because of the judo when you go to a judo match you bow to each other to acknowledge each other's presence and the eyes might lower slightly if it's a very high ranking judo player for example um but you're just both respecting each other for turning up to fight and um very often you know i i get the impression that there's this idea that once you get called sir these people can pull rank for nothing i mean i've actually heard certain interviews i remember when when i spoke to sir henry cooper for example um i asked his secretary um what do i call sir henry and i i kept it nice and sort of uh, polite and everything and she said oh just call him henry he he, he prefers people to call him that and I think, you know, I think that that's the way that um, I think you can judge the man even when he's got that. Because if he if he sort of is asking you to call him Sir Henry, then obviously uh, then that's sort of a different proposition to somebody who just says, well, just call me Henry. You know, people know I've got the um, the award. Anyway, that's my take on it. Well, it's, it's meaningless, isn't it? That, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's meaningless. Sir you know, it's different if you say Adam Peaty OBE. Yeah. You know, that's fine. You know, Adam Adam Peaty OBE. He's not knighted. Sir Adam Peaty. He's not knighted. He's got an OBE. And he's he's won 
Olympics broken world records one after the other more than anybody else. The fella's fantastic and he gets an OBE. Ashley Banjo dances around the stage and gets a knighthood. That's what makes it meaningless. You know, to me, it's meaningless. You know, I mean, how much, how much work do some of these knights of the round put in to get where they are? They're only doing a job. You know, Adam Peaty isn't getting paid for doing his his, uh, Olympic Games, I don't think. He's obviously making money from adverts and everything and he's a great bloke yeah. you know but he gets an OBE and uh, which again is meaningless as we said the other week John Cleese was offered one and he just turned it down he said it's silly yeah well it's, <laughs> it's div- divisive like, that's why I love John Cleese it's divisive again isn't it that's really what it's about and um, quite frankly you know it's sad but uh, we've lived through a time when you know we would sort of only have a few and therefore it would mean something whereas now it's like um, it's like looking at the crowd scene from um, El Cid or the Magnificent Seven or something you know I mean it just um, it just you see the thing is people go once you get a knighthood you're a celeb and people look at you differently I always remember a long time ago just reminding me when I was on the radio I got a job. Well, it wasn't a job. I just helped Monty Lister out on the radio, uh, which I wasn't. I didn't particularly want to do, but I helped him out, you know. And for five years, <laughs> anyway, we won't go into that. But I was playing golf, and this fella I'd known for years, little fella called Joe something, and he comes up to me and he says, "Is that you on the radio?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, it's Sunday." Oh. Oh, we're big fan. And he looked at me totally different in like in awe. I said, mm. but hey, Joe, I'm the same bloke, you know, I haven't changed. Like the way it changed, you know, he's looking at me, oh, and he's, he's sort of staring at me. And I've known him for years. And that's yeah. the problem with it all. That's the people get wound up in celebrity. You see, I'm not interested in being known or being famous. Or, or you know, I haven't got an ego. Well, I suppose I've got a small one because I play in a band or I yeah. did do. But, mm. you know, that's the trouble with it all. People go in and, oh, he's a knight of the realm. He's no different to anybody else. You know, yeah. say so. It doesn't make any difference to me. I wouldn't call prince charles sir no i just i just wouldn't call him anything well down at the college we had uh, a visit from prince charles and uh, you you know that uh, i'm not the biggest fan of the royal family you know i I like the queen and uh, i did like the um duke of edinburgh but uh you know these days anyway there was a big notice went up on the notice board in the staff room on the left hand side of a line those wishing to see um uh, and be introduced to prince charles please write your names and there were the, the list was as long as your arm. And then on the other side, those who do not wish to meet Prince Charles, please put your name on the other side. And there was just my little signature <laughs> on the right-hand side. And uh, life at the college was never the same after that. Okay, tell us about um, your TV. That's an interesting one over the new year because it was normally oh. brilliant, isn't it? Oh, man. Uh, TV over the new year was abysmal. I mean, fortunately, I'm able to store programmes so I can watch stuff which I've actually recorded and it's of interest to me, you know, which doesn't include soaps, reality TV, constant repeats of rubbish like Mrs. Brown's Boys, or that's just trash, isn't it? Or boring cookery programmes, which to me are about as interesting as the Scottish football results, you know, (laughs) or or indeed the Ashes, very interested in the Ashes. But I got if you got you got to get the telly on quick before the game's over. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, thank goodness for Bargain Hunt, which I do enjoy. I enjoy Bargain Hunt. It's interesting. It's different every day. And I watch it every lunchtime and enjoy it. And I enjoy documentaries on stars I've admired for years, which they've been putting on. For example, Dean Martin and uh, Freddie Mercury. That was a great one. You know, interesting to see the insight into these people. ABBA, Bing Crosby. So when every, but when everyone is complaining about the tripe that is on the telly, everyone's complaining about it. It's not just me. You'd think someone in office would listen. You know, but they just keep saying, oh, well, we think we've got it right. 
you know, and there's a satellite channel called the Challenge Channel. They have uh, quiz programs on. On New Year's Day, they had 10 hours of the chase. It was on <laughs> 8 o'clock in the morning till 8 o'clock at night. 10 hours of Bradley Walsh. You know, he's got to be up for a knighthood, if anybody, blimey. You know, even if, even if it's just for the world record appearances on TV. I mean, it's 10 hours of the chase. And I don't watch it at all now because it's played out. Yeah. And he's left anyway, Bradley. He's doing another. I think he, he's, he doesn't do the chase anymore. They still have it on, the, the, yeah. the, the, yeah. the ones he's done. But I think he, he's, he's moved on to another 12 programmes. Well, I'm going to make... I'm going to make your day now because, uh, <laughs> like like you've inferred, the the TV over the Christmas and New Year for me was awful. And New Year's Eve yeah. um, this year we did very little. We, we had a nice day with the family, so at night we then um, you know we were going to take it nice and easy because we were going up to see uh, another part of the family the next day. So. Um, we watched uh, last night, uh, which is going a little bit further on. It just so happened that they did a lovely profile on uh, Des O'Connor. And, uh, you know, I mean, Des, yeah. nice, very nice guy, impeccably behaved, just a nice, nice man, top class entertainer, uh, lovely voice, you know, etc. And it showed you through his lifetime who had been on his show and who he had helped to make. <laughs> Guess who came on? <laughs> Bradley Walsh. <laughs> so a very young Bradley Walsh is in the studio with Des, and uh, obviously he's trying to prove that he's a new comic and he's funny. Uh, Des, being the way he was, was always like that with everybody that he got to come on yeah. the show. And uh, Bradley's got this awful pair of trousers on that look really, really naff, and he's standing up throwing cushions from one settee to the other uh, to hit Des. So that was, uh, I just thought of you when I saw him on that programme. But one thing I did do, uh, and this was how boring it was on uh, New Year's Eve, um, we looked at a documentary, a fascinating documentary, and it was about a fellow in America who um, sadly had lost his, his wife. And uh, because he'd lost his wife, he'd had to do everything for his two daughters. And so he, he started uh, looking at things that were part of their lives because he wanted to protect them. And one had been sent a pair of pajamas, which uh, th there was something carcinogenic in the packaging. And so he went on a mission to start looking and finding out how much of the stuff in everyday people's everyday lives is carcinogenic or dangerous or uncertified as totally and utterly without any dangers. And he kept going to all these companies and the biggest sort of thing that seemed to be the biggest problem was that he went to the cupboard to look at the cleaning materials. And when you have all these detergents in your house, there's usually a cupboard that you have all these things in. There's always the likelihood that you'll find on the ingredients list the word fragrance. And in fragrance, you can have this is right up your street because, you know, trade in standards in fragrance. It can cover an absolute multitude of carcinogenous um, sort of ingredients and chemicals that you don't think should be in those products. So he started taking it further and further and he started getting to the highest things. And there was one particular I think it was AXA. I don't know whether I've got that name right, but it was a well-known um, uh, aftershave or smelly thing, you know, um, fragrance maybe. Uh, whichever way, when he then challenged the top person, uh, he, he had to go to the company's annual shareholders meeting. To be able to get into that meeting, he bought one share <laughs> So he stood up the stood up at the shareholders meeting and said, as a shareholder, I'd like to ask the chairman why we are selling our products with carcinogenous pro um, uh, products which are affecting children. Uh, but I mean, the whole thing was exposing just how bad and how much of this stuff is actually in our everyday lives and uh, riveting program. I mean, obviously. Yeah. 
You'd, no, you'd, sound great, yeah. you'd, 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 you'd have preferred it's it. All money. Yes. It's all money. See, it's money, 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 money. See, people don't care. and But people are silly. You know, I mean, you get firms who will go to the tip, but find a load of old clothes that have been thrown out, a pair of old jeans, cut the knees out of them, and put them back in the shops, and kids will go and buy them for 70 quid. Yeah, you know? yeah they're ridiculous. Like, you know, that's, to me, that's what they're doing. And, but people fall for it. You know, that these people wouldn't make money if people didn't didn't fall for it. You know, the, it, oh, it's fashion. Uh, I mean, seven, 70 quid for a pair of jeans, which are ripped and torn and, and and that's what they pay you know because it's it looks good and, and it, it makes them streetwise and all this nonsense that's the trouble you see but then again you know we're old I'm old you know what do I know now young kid. Don but, you, but, you you're know. right you're right I, I, that's my pet hate uh, you'll see somebody coming down the road towards you and you look at the trousers and they look awful and I, yeah. I am now firmly of the belief that somewhere in some room, somewhere in the world, a party of people were planning lots of things that are, are going on. And they looked at jeans and said, well, I'll tell you what we'll do as a little bit of a uh, hors d'oeuvre just to try and get this up and running. If we can sell the idea of ripped jeans and sell them at a high price... Uh, and it ca- catches on, then I think we've got everybody. Because if they can, if we can do that, we can do anything. And I think that's what they've done. I think. I think that. Yeah. Well, people sort of they get they get. I go I go for a meal and we we spend thirty pounds. You see, it's like it's showing off, isn't it? Look at me. I can afford. I can afford to 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 buy a pint of beer for five pound. You know, it's like showing off the capitalising on those sorts of people who, who, you know what I'm saying? You know, they're trying to impress because they can, they go to these expensive restaurants. They're only getting, they're getting ripped off. Yeah. You know, and, and they can't see it. They think they're impressing people. Um, when, you, when you're out to impress, you're wasting your time because people who are impressed won't like you. Uh, and people who are better than you, richer than you, look down on you. You can't win if you're trying to impress. You know, and, and in fact, when when it comes to holes in jeans, mine became uh, fashionable. <laughs> when I'm, you know, so, mind you, I've only had for about 20. <laughs> but, you know, okay, good luck, good luck to them all. But it's all money making and it's business, you see. But they wouldn't make money if people use their brains. If people said, see, I say, I don't go to the pub because it's £5 a pint or £4.50 a pint. I don't go in that pub. That's yeah. it. You know, and, and if they're all going to do that, I'll just drink at home. I'll buy um, my beer from Tesco's and drink at home in the garden. That's my attitude, you see. But they've got to go out and collect and all gather around and, and we're all mates together, which is fine. And, and that's what they capitalise on, you see. And, and they may, and we're now we're supposed to be, oh, the poor pubs, you've got to save your local. You know Why? Bring your prices down and you'll be all right. Oh, no, no, we, we can't do that. We, we've lost money over this. You know, do me a favour. Anyway, mate, I feel better now. I feel great now. Good. After me moaning well, and groaning. L- listen, when it, when it comes to eating out, I feel exactly the same. Uh, I, I hate to feel ripped off, you know. Um, oh, I, yeah. I always remember when I was at Cornwall College and, um, you, you know, you, you would sort of be asked to go and be the guinea pigs for the students and it was nice because it was a, a free meal but usually you'd think well hang on if I was paying for this I'd feel totally and utterly ripped off it just you know they, they put it uh, down as blue ribboned or something and um, then charge the earth for something that's just not worth anything really you know well that's right you see when I was in Carnarvon we got I've got a, a static in Carnarvon and, and out there there's a guy on, on the site where we oh he says we found this fan fantastic restaurant in Anglesey oh it's the food the, the, the service and everything is fine I and mean, you won't get much change out of 30 quid for a meal and I said oh right and I said w-, and there's a Weatherspoons in Carnarvon where you can eat outside nice place outside and, and it's covered if it, if it rains you can still eat outside beautiful 
place nice nice people nice crowd and i said we'll go there i'll take you there and for you get a steak meal and a bottle of wine for 17 quid and he couldn't get his he couldn't get his head around this he thought it was just 17 quid for the wine i said no that's the lot you know 17 it's seven pound or i think it was for two of them uh, seven pound for for t- and it, and his bill came to about twenty two quid for two of them for wow. a steak dinner and a bottle of wine. <laughs> and it, you see, if they can do it, Weatherspoons, why can't everybody else? Well, oh no, it's the way it's served. You know, it's beautifully presented. Yeah. You know what? what if you want to eat it, you don't. You know, you don't want to look at it. You know what I mean? But well, there you go. That's, well, that's, that's, I mean, come on, Don. You, you know what people have come to now. You know, before you eat your meal. Quick, t- take a picture. Take a picture. Send it to yeah. everybody around yeah. Facebook. Send them a picture yeah. of that sausage. Good grief. They've never seen a sausage before in their life. Let's all crowd round it and have a <laughs> selfie with the sausage. I mean, it's just nonsense, isn't it? I've it never, is, yeah. I've never, never seen... You know, and unfortunately, I've got to the stage of my life, probably like yourself, you're the grumpy one. I'm going, I don't want to take a picture with a sausage. You know, I don't <laughs> really want that. Uh, come on, why aren't you smiling? It's because I feel stupid having a picture with a sausage and everybody crowding me out, you know. Good well, it's to impress, isn't it, you see? Again, you know, you get, you get on Facebook, here we are on holiday drinking wine, you know, on our cruise. See, it's all to impress. Who cares? I don't care whether, no. you know, good. I hope you're enjoying yourselves. But yeah. I don't even, I don't, I'm not interested in watching you, a photograph. It's all to, everyone tries to impress. And that's where they go wrong, you know, because mm. I don't try to impress. I couldn't care less what anyone thinks of me. Mm. And, uh it's well, I think of them that counts, you know. That that to me, it's always I've always been the same. You know, I couldn't care less what people think, and and that's it. If people were like that, these, these people wouldn't be in business, you know. Because I, I'd just if I went in a restaurant and I thought it was thirty pound for a meal, uh, uh, you know, beautifully presented, I'd just walk out, you know, just say, you know, you're having a laugh. Well, no. that, that's exactly the way I am. And unfortunately, uh, these days, I'm, you know, I'm with young books. I'm, I'm talking about my own family, the, the younger members of our family who basically are now coming into a part of the life which is different. Um, they want to show and flex their economic muscles, etc., etc. But uh, having said that, um, you know, I don't think I could eat that sort of price nowadays. You, you know, people say, um, OK, it's 30, 30 euros for the meal um i can't eat that you know i don't want to eat i don't want to eat overeat because you then got to spend a couple of days trying to um bring your 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 food intake down and and get back to normal i feel bloated i don't want to feel bloated i just want to feel i've had a nice meal i I like simplicity i do like nice good simple wholesome food yeah yeah and it's easy to get you know, but, but as I say, you're there in business. You see, I, I've I've been in, I've had businesses, I've had a few jobs and whatever. But I'd never rip anybody off. You know, I had a demo service which I used to record people's songs, and I used to do them for what it cost me, basically. Yeah. You know, I, I wasn't making much money, and I used to advise them on what to do with the song when I sent it back. You know, I wasn't going to rip them off. In fact. One fella sent me too much money and I sent him the change. He couldn't believe it. He wrote, mm. he wrote change? He said, Cha- change in the music industry. I said, well, that, you know, it's a, I know, he was a great fella. He only sent me a load of demos then. You see, that's what made the difference. But, I, I, you know, ripping people off. It, no. it's, it, you know, they've got enough money. You get the, That's why there's billionaires. You know, they've got enough money. There's no need to rip people off. But be nice. Weatherspoons is great value. You know, some yeah. of them are rough, rough places. Others aren't. You know, some of them are quite nice. But you know, if they can do it, why can't everybody else? And they say the same thing. Oh yeah, well they buy in bulk. You know, well you buy in bulk. Yeah. You know, there's no difference between them and anybody else. You know. Mm. But there you go. No, I think you're right. I think there's a, there's something nice about giving somebody good service and a fair price. I, I've I've lived my life like that. Learned that from my dad. Um, and I, I feel it's always been the nicest way. Let me ask you a question then. Did you miss going out New Year's Eve with the band? 
Ah, one good thing about it all is over New Year. I no longer have to go out with my band on New Year's Eve to entertain the masses. Since leaving school, I played 50 consecutive New Year's Eve gigs on the track, 50 a play. And on the 50th, I thought, I can't do this anymore because they're always the best paid gigs of the year. There's no doubt about that. You know, but you're required, it requires the effort of facing three or four hundred people, in our case, we used to pay the big places, who have paid through the nose on an, uh, expecting a good night. You know, no pressure then. So we go on as the band. I'm the front man. So the whole thing is down to me. You know, <laughs> I have to read the crowd. Uh, and, we, you know, we, weren't, uh, we didn't have our hits like, like the Beatles. We go out and play all our hits. So I had to work it from the way it go. So playing in a band like I had, uh, we did very well, actually. But but I can't complain. <laughs> we did very well. But it was like Groundhog Day. Because as I've always said, if you play in a band and, you, you, you know, you don't go down very well, the next day people will say, the band last night were rubbish. Can't remember their name, like, but they were rubbish. Or if you storm the place and go down well, the band were fantastic last night. Can't remember their name, but they were fantastic. <laughs> you see, it doesn't carry. So I always tell these young bands this. If you don't go down well at all, it doesn't carry because the next gig you do, you're going to yeah. start again, yeah. you know, and as you well know yourself, Vince. But it's, you know, to not play New Year's Eve, I got offered one, funnily enough, this week. Do, do you know the old Wallaceans Club? Oh, yes. Do, do you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, there. Yeah, I was in the gym, and, and there's a lady there, and she said, oh, New Year's Eve, we're, we're going to the old Wallaceans. She said, you wouldn't like, would, wouldn't, would you play for us? I said, not a chance. I said, um, I'm having an early night. I said, New Year's Eve. I said, that's it. I've had enough of New Year's Eve's. So I saw it again yesterday. It was open yesterday on the Sunday. And uh, I said, how did it go? She said, 13 people turned up. Oh, so mm. people are, are thinking about it now, mixing. Mm. She said it was a disaster. Oh, and I said, and you're asking me to play. Thank you very much. Well, <laughs> that's it. I don't uh, think I'd have made any difference. Well, we, we didn't miss it either. And um, we, we were in the car coming back from seeing the family and having a lovely day with the family in Valencia. And um, we were talking about, you know, our experiences of the New Year's Eve. And I think the millennium was the the big one. You know, we, we got a really good fee for it. And uh, mm -hmm. we had to travel from... Perrinporth up to Torquay which is about two hours you know so we get there um, Anne goes in because I was get Anne to go in first to sweeten up you know I, I don't like to meet hostility the minute I go in you know so um, she she went in and there was a big poster up saying you know discotheque now just that word discotheque why are they booking rockin rupert a cabaret and then putting on the wall discotheque so yeah. i thought uh, right okay well if you're not gonna um put rockin rupert uh, we have discotheque i'll say i'll play my guitar first but then that's all uh, so went in uh, did the first spot uh, first song string breaks so you can imagine how happy i was there about the fourth song after I'd repaired the string or replaced the string, one of the mini disc players gets stuck in the mini disc. So that meant we were on one mini disc for the rest of the night. So then uh, a child swallows a penny. Oh, shit. And there's uh, you know, all hell uh, sort of uh, breaks loose, pandemonium. Can we get the kid to the hospital and, you know, and all this? And then somebody else comes in and says, hey, the so-and-so family are coming in oh and i thought oh my god anyway it was as rough as rats conservative club talky rough as rats for me that particular night and um at the end of the night the lady I, you know i really hadn't enjoyed the night and this lady comes over she was as drunk as a scrunk and um she gave me my money and it was a good fee because it was the millennium and we'd be she paid me 20 pound too much so I said to her, look, um, I said, you've given me too much money here. She said, and I'll quote, 
I can give you a tip, can't I? I can give you a tip, can't I? Um, so she gave us a tip. And I thought, well, that says it all. I've done for me what I didn't enjoy one bit. And yet they still feel that they want to pay me a tip. Well, you know, we, we had to laugh about it, but we had a two hour drive to go back. And by the time you actually analyze it, I mean, you know yourself, you've got all day worrying about whether things can be done in the right way. Two yeah. hour drive to the gig, um, you know, a couple of hours setting up and taken down and then a two hour drive back. It's quite a long job in actual fact, you know. People don't see that, you see. They don't see that side of it. You know, it's um, I'm talking to the millennium. Uh, I went solo. I got a, a solo gig in a restaurant on a fr- every Friday and Saturday. Uh, and the band, I said, I'm going solo for a f- for a while. So the, we the packed up the band. We, we, we split, you know, amicably. But we still had the millennium gig in the books because I'd see all the books we had. So we, we I went back with the band to do the Millennium gig and it was at the Hotel Victoria in New Brighton, which you probably know. Oh, I do. <coughs> which isn't there anymore. And uh, it was £75 a ticket. That was the ticket. They had the band, my band, and a disco a disco guy who we'd worked with before, which, which was great. You know, we'd split the night. Uh, got the, the we we charged them an astronomical fee, which you know the sinners they were getting seventy five pound a ticket, yeah, and about ten people turned up. It was a total disaster, total. And they were literally they had, there was only the four bouncers there when I arrived, and I thought, well, at least if they can throw me out, at least they earn their money. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, but that was it. It was a disaster. The night was terrible, and. They were outside asking passers-by, did you want to come in for a tenner? That's that's the stage it had reached. It was a total disaster. Not that I was bothered because it was just a one-off, you know. And we got paid all right. But, you see, that's, again, you see, greed. Yeah. You know, and, and all the pubs were charging to go in and they were empty. Someone said they went to Chester and there was nobody in the pubs because they were charging on the door for them to go in for the millennium and nobody was in there. It was that the, the millennium was a disaster um, entertainment wise, you know. Well, it and was. was they, they, weren't all the computers supposed to go bad and, you know, everything doomsday was being forecast for everybody um incidentally the hotel victoria my good friend uh, eddie nunes was the dj there for many years and he uh, had to miss one particular weekend so he said would i step in for him and i remember it vividly because it was a group coming back from spain they'd been on holiday and they'd brought back a copy of a song called the birdie dance now yeah. <laughs> it, it was something that they'd learned the dance that went with it as you know and yeah. um all they wanted me to do was just keep playing this birdie dance for about half an hour while they practiced their their dance so you know let them get on with it uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> all right um okay now the one thing that i can always think about is the way that it was always england ireland scotland and wales for me always was yeah, yeah. And then it seemed to be once we came on the continent, they started trying to make it the United Kingdom as if it had always been united. Um, and of course, I didn't ever think it really was. I always felt you were going into another country when you went to Wales. Uh, so politically, yes, you were in, in uh, the same country, uh, but they didn't think of it. Nobody, none of us thought of it as one country. You know, were you going up to Scotland? Oh, I've never been up there. Um, I've been to Ireland. No, I haven't been there yet. You know, I mean, pe- people just had totally different ideas of those four countries, didn't they? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, you know, I, we're not see England. It, it's as if we're different, you know. And what got me with, with see England, Scotland, Ireland, and Wales brought in these these rules to sort of stop people gathering. You know, you got to wear a mask and you got to do all this. You know, taking precautions. England didn't. 
which, you know, well, well, for whatever reason, they didn't do it. Oh, no, you know, people have got to enjoy Christmas and New Year. You know, if they get COVID, uh, that's their problem. That's the sort of attitude. But they were saying, this is the stupidity of it. They were asking the folk of the three countries, the three other countries, not to come over the border. You know, don't come over the... As if, you know, as if they're not going to. The Scots and the Welsh came in in coach loads. You know, surprise, surprise. Oh, yes, uh, we must have businesses. You know, we can't have businesses losing money. You know, I wonder how many politicians are connected to these businesses. You know, there you go. But so we will see another spike in infections in the next couple of weeks. And so it goes. But I don't know. As I say, it doesn't really affect me that much because, you know, I don't go out particularly. Well, I know. know, um, And I don't mix with people. So, you know, there you go. I know when I was sort of playing my rugby, so, you know, talking 20s and um, they used to have that song. Did you ever see? Did you ever see? Did you ever see? such a funny thing before and it was always about going to Wales have you ever been to Wales where they brew the finest ales if you want to drink on Sunday then you'll have to wait till Monday because of course Wales was dry on Sundays um, I don't know if you remember this Don but yeah, yeah, you know do, yeah. The, yeah, the, sure. the people from Wales who wanted a drink had to go across the border to have a drink in England on a Sunday That's night right. Um, I mean, within our living memory, so many funny things and anomalies have turned up that really you can understand why um, now older people probably look back and are totally perplexed by what they see in in what should have been uh, still fairly similar the the way that the country was but um as i say the political message is that it's a united kingdom now if i go to books here in spain and read about wales or ireland or scotland they speak about them as if they're regions of england And I can remember I was running um, a British day at our uh, Lanuthia where I used to live. They had a big international festival because we had about 120 different nationalities living in in, uh, within our town. And I went and asked the um, coordinator, who's Dutch, I asked him for four tables and he said, what do you need four tables for? So I said, well, I want one for England, Ireland, Scotland and Wales. So he said, well, listen, he said, I'm from the Netherlands. I'm from Holland. Uh, We uh, only have one table. We don't need four tables. We're we're one country. And so we got talking about it. And the Netherlands, with 17 million, 98% of them come from the Netherlands. And there are four four kingdoms. So 98% of 17 million, and you can see, you, you, yeah, just have one table. I explained to him that Ireland is Northern Ireland, 1 million, Southern Ireland, 3 million, Scotland, 5 million, Wales, 4 million, England, probably the best part of 70 million, possibly yeah. more these days. And do you know what? They didn't have a they didn't really have a clue about the disparity with the countries. I mean, that's the trouble, you see. It is so different, isn't it, when you actually look at it? Take take London and Birmingham, Manchester out of the equation. Um, and, OK, Liverpool is about the same size as Valencia. But comparisons are, for a lot of people, quite difficult. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, You see, the, the thing is, with... with <sighs> Like the Welsh, there's only a handful of the Welsh who, who, who despise the English. Uh, and, and the same with the Scots. Most, I go to Wales a lot. In fact, my father was Welsh, so I'm half Welsh. But, you know, I find them really nice people. Really nice people. Yeah. You know, you get the odd ones who are, you know, still going back to the days, you know, of the sons of Glyndwr and all that. But they're, you know, they're, they're nice people, as are the Scots. Yes. And I remember yes. speaking, I'll just drop a few names here, uh, to the Crankies. They, they were friends of mine, the Crankies. And I, w- I went to see them in Blackpool and they were chatting away. Uh, and, and he said, you know, the, the Scot- Scotland want to go on their own. He, he said that they want to break away from England. And, and, and Ian, Ian 
cranky Ian Tough, his name is. He said it's stupid. You know why? It's just stupid the way they're thinking. Yeah, but he's, See, he's a Scot. But his, and that's that, and he, he said most Scots people are happy as Larry. But his wife has done so well. I mean, becoming the uh, the pre the chief minister of Scotland, I think, was a great achievement. <laughs> <Yeah>. Incidentally, <laughs> you're forgetting that you introduced me to we Jimmy Cranky, and we did uh, a podcast with her. So you know, I thank you for that. Um, uh, look. Lovely people, they're a lovely couple, they really are great. But I mean, to, be, to become first minister, I mean, to become first minister, I think that was, that's definitely <laughs> an achievement, isn't it? You know, um, <laughs> well, look, I always, you know, when we're here on the continent and down in Cornwall, by the way, I'd be started, always start my shows, Rock and Rupert, you know, hello, anybody in from England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, and we'd have little bits of banter for each different part of country you know but you try and tell me that they want to all become one and they don't i don't think they worry too much once they out as brits but if you tell an irishman you're english he'd shoot you if you told a scotsman that um you were you were english they'd, they'd have you i mean you, you know they're very fiercely proud of their cultural heritage but you can still love somebody and like somebody because they're vive la difference. That's what I say. Well, I don't think there's such a thing as an Englishman. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, mongrel. I've, I'm born in England, right? I've, I've got my mother was half German and half Irish. My dad was Welsh. So I, I always do well in the World Cup. You know, I keep changing sides. So, you know, I've got all these nationalities in my blood. And I'm a wife with Scottish. So my son is German, Irish, Welsh and Scottish. You know, really, there's no English in him. <laughs> you know, he was born here, obviously. But, you know, when you think about it, what, what is an Englishman? What is a Scotsman? They made a lot of the Vikings stayed up there didn't they and, and for, you see that that's what it gets me about it all oh we're English you know how many people were actually can go back through the centuries and, and say that they well, were English I, I don't know I don't I, I'm know. actually I I, I'm of Irish lineage and then I think my mum's side was Scottish because uh, the name is Murray so I would imagine it's got to be in the mix there um, yeah. but, but I mean yeah you've, you've hit the nail on the head now, we've actually got a mutual friend who was an Englishman who managed the Irish, that's the Southern Irish soccer team. So this becomes interesting. OK, yeah. who are we talking about? Mr. Jack Charlton. I saw a programme all about him. It was called Discovering Jack Charlton. And it was fascinating. Uh, it was all about his success with the Irish football team. You know, it was a great programme. And as I made more interesting by the fact that I met Jack back in the early 70s, I was on holiday in Palmer and we were staying in a block of, uh, of, of, flat, of um, apartments and I was by the pool and, and sitting there and I had my frog flippers by me and he comes over. I didn't, I didn't know it was him at first. He said, can I borrow your frog flippers? And I said, yeah. And I said, hang on, you're Jack. As if he didn't know. Yeah, he said, uh, I, I said, yeah, help yourself, go and party the frog flippers. And off he goes, comes back, gives me the frog flippers, and he said, are you staying here? I said, yeah, we're, we're in that flat up there. The, the, the. He said, oh, I'm next door. He says, come and have a beer. So I went up and had a beer with him. What a great bloke. And I was cracking jokes. And, and if you crack jokes to Jack Charlton, he's never heard them. So he's laughing his head off at every joke I was telling him. His wife was a delight. Uh, his daughter was there. And a funny story, he said, he said, one of the reps here wants to take my daughter out. His daughter was 14, I think, or 15. And he said... I put him straight. Can you imagine this fella knocking on the door <laughs> to take the girl out and Jack opening it? <laughs> I can. He's on a mile because he's a big bloke. Yeah. You know, he really yeah. is big. He looks big and he is. And he was a fantastic bloke. And we went out every day, went for a drink in the pub for a week. You know, I was with him for a week, really. And um, he had Dennis Stewart with him as oh, well. Yes. He was with Man City. Him. 
Yeah, Man City, but he was he was bit up himself, Dennis Stewart. But Jack was just great, and he said to me, he said, Don Woods, he said, are you any relation to Ray Woods? I said, no, that's Ray Wood you're thinking about, because because Ray Wood's brother um, played uh, what was it? Somebody Woody he, he played in goal for Manchester for United. Man- Manchester United was yes, it? yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah, well, Ray Wood, that was Ray Wood's brother. Can't remember his first name, the brother. And and Jack said, "Oh, I know him well." I said, "Well, funnily enough, Ray Wood's other brother was my bass player." You know what a small world, you know. And and we we really hit it off. It was great. And we used to go for a pint, and you go in a pub, and everyone would be like, "Oh, there's Jack Charles in there. Who's that bloke with Jack?" I was I was walking <laughs> around in the reflected glory. You know? Yeah, <laughs> well, that bloke at Dan Woods. Uh, <laughs> we'd only just come to Spain at, at about. Uh, 2000 was the year and we were in a Chinese restaurant and it was down in Altea and I heard this loud voice because he has got a big voice and and he said um, have the bill please so you know the bill comes over and there was a little bit of discussion and he, he's going no no four menu del dia which is cheap as chips. I mean, you can't get a cheaper meal than a great Chinese meal menu of the day. So he he was paying, you know, for four um, menu del dia. It was reminding me very much of the time that um, we had. uh, I know that you obviously uh, have your rice smile when I tell you about Ricky Valance, but we had this one day and we'd have spent about at his request. We'd spent about two hours with his missus and himself and we were discussing various things. and uh, he says to me, he was Welsh, by the way. He said, um, yeah, he said, he um, um, uh, I tell you what, Prince. He said, do you fancy? Do you like fish and chips? And we said, yeah. He said, well, I. He said, I love going to Ray's Chippy. Okay, so we went down to Ray's Chippy, had a nice fish and chips for the four of us. Now, remember, I'd given two hours of my day off to this man. He said. <laughs> uh, can we have the bill, please? So 22 euros for the bill. I tell you what, he said, uh, we'll split it down the middle, shall we? <laughs> and I thought, yes, uh, number one, both sides of the pond or, you know, uh, whatever. Um, uh, I, I, I tell you, it's a leveller, isn't it? You know, but, but oh, yeah. Well, it's Welsh in me. That, that, that's it. That, that's the Welsh in me. I'm like that. <laughs> well, funny. I remember. Funnily enough, a great story. This uh, this is a quickie. When I was selling my How to Say Clan Vipult Gwyngl Gargeric Gwyngl Santosilio Go Go Goch records in this shop uh, in, in Anglesey, the, the bloke that was selling them for me in the shop, uh, I was splitting it with him, the, the difference. We were selling thousands of these to the to the tourists and it was on cassette and all sorts and he said to me oh this is the bloke next door he said he said how come you're selling so many of these tapes um, and I said to him well I give the coaches one as they come in I give the driver a coach and he said this fellow nearly you give them one you give them a tape it was a pound or something you know he said this fellow nearly had a heart attack next door he said the veins were sticking out and he said you actually give them pound <laughs> well, I so, I was, was very lucky because, well, when I say lucky, I was unlucky in a fire that took away the nightclub I was working in. Uh, I'm talking about the Hamilton uh, when the fire was actually in the market above in Birkenhead. Uh, the fire damage ruined the club and I was out of work and I didn't really know what the heck I was going to do. I got a job with Associated Biscuits and I was selling biscuits around Wales and my first job was relief rep covering 15 of the reps that covered North Wales and I learned so much about North Wales so I love that part of the world and I remember going down oh I love it I, I yeah, I, I remember going down to uh, Anglesey and um, I had to go and meet Willie Owen and he was the rep down there and he was off ill and he didn't have a telephone can you believe that the manager had to send him a telegram to <laughs> to, to get in touch with him. So, uh, you know, I'm down asking, where's Willie Owen? And, of course, people are saying, oh, is he still building his boat? Or is he still building his house or whatever? You know, uh, so obviously it was a bit of a stock joke. And um, 
uh, it really was the weirdest weirdest situation but i tell you so i really enjoyed that part of my life when i'd uh, travel down from the Wirral and um I'd, I'd go sort of sunday night i'd do the discotheque in leighton court um and then company car would go back uh, i'd put all the bits back so that it looked like a company car again and whiz down right all the way down to say um benlach bay where nipper used to live he used to have his house there and yeah. um you know just a great great part of the world loved oh, loved yeah. wales and it's on the doorstep here you see the wales it's see there's no point to me there's no point going abroad now you know I'm, uh, I'm getting on a plane you know i wouldn't do it now I've done it all done all that mm. but but wales is great you know, and as i say i've, I've got a, a static in carnarvon overlooking the menai straight and it's great you know it's great you well know. i know you you'll be so happy that um ant and deck are doing the celebrity program in that castle that you pass on the main road so they wanted to be near you don that's what it was they wanted to feel the proximity of your culture that's what they were after. If, if only I could reach out of the car window and bang their heads together, I'd feel a lot better. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what they need, mate. Oh. Don't get me going on those two. Anyway, and when they get knighted, if if they get knighted, next year's podcast. <laughs> yeah, There'll be steam. Not, you're not going to last the hour, mate. There'll be steam coming off it. Now, look, uh, we come to our worst record ever made. And we're going to loosely uh, use the term gentleman. So which gentlemen are going to perform which song? Well, this is one of the worst records ever made, Spot, if not the worst. You know, I've nominated the destruction of the song My Way. Uh, and it's by the Sex Pistols. Um, uh, well, there's nothing I can say about the Sex Pistols because it's all been said. And they were very popular and they made money. So you've got to applaud anybody that makes money out of show business, especially when you're crap. But uh, it is over four minutes long, this. So I suggest, Vince, that you fade it out after about a minute if you can stand it for that long. It's bad. Well, really, I've, really, bad. Don. I, I have to. I, I'm always in debt to the Sex Pistols, and let me quickly explain the reason why. Um, I loved being a DJ, and when the Sex Pistols came along, they were so bad, and I had people asking me to play their songs. Uh, and I used to always say, no, I'm not playing them because basically they're crap and I'm not playing crap. And, uh, you know, then I'd have people ready to have a fight with me and I'd go, oh, sorry, but no, this isn't the civil service. It's my disco. I've lumped it here, put it all together. I'm the DJ. If you don't like what I play, you can go. Um, anyway, uh, I, I then put on my teacher's hat and I do believe that the behaviour of the punks was so outrageously incorrect and bad that some of them should have been put down at birth. I mean, some of them are just so bad. Anyway, um, rant over, and um, which song are they going to desecrate? They're going to desecrate the song, the famous song, My Way. My Way. 